everybody to the Improvement Podcast. My name is Sean and I'm here with Dave as always. What's Hello What is everybody. going on, Dave? What is going on? Yeah, good man. Yeah, I'm going to try and out-charisma you today. Are you? No, because well, I'm Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a try. There but well, no, be yourself, man. Just yeah, be I mean, it's just, be Sean. I mean, it's sort of try to be like Jack Black, isn't it? You're never going to win. Mm. <laughs> I know, it's funny. I, I, God, it pains me to say this, actually. Because you've just reminded me of an episode of Love Island that I watched oh, last my, night. Oh, right. Oh, should we, I'm just going to end there. Because <laughs> one, one of the guys in it was um, saying exactly that, that he was not going to try and match the energy of one of his competition. The other males. Oh, the other males. Yeah. Oh, my God. It is, like a, it is a bit of a zoo, that program. Love Island. A it's a big, sexual big zoo. Big Brother and the Sun, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Shit. Yeah. Absolute shit. <laughs> I have I have no time for it, and when people try to talk to me about it, mm. I've actually walked away before, just mid sentence, just walked I, away. I don't blame you. Yeah, it's fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. In any case, <laughs> wow, what a pleasant start to the episode. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. All right, today we are going to be talking all about relationships, which is in- which is interesting given that Love Island came up there. Um, yeah, I don't class that as relationships. I class that as shit TV. <laughs> It's it's an interesting case study of relationships, though. Is it? I think the world's been ruined because of it. Mm. Actually, they didn't. Well, ruin I it. think. I mean, I don't know on. how much of it's even real. I think some of it's possibly even scripted. Um, well, yeah. I mean, all reality TV really is. Mm. It's that, that, that's my that's my pet peeve right right there is reality TV. It's not Love Island. Well, Love Island's pretty bad, mm. but reality TV in in general is pretty shit. Mm. I think. I think we need to just ban it from TV altogether because we're paying these actors, very talented actors, millions of pounds to in- entertain us for an hour or whatever. Why am I watching people watch TV? <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah, it's about. It's a fascinating um, conundrum. Yeah, but people love it. I know. Do you know why? Because they're judgmental. Mm. They love to judge other people and that is pretty much it. Yeah. And also people just want to escape and feel like their life's not too not so bad well change your life man mm-hmm. that's, that's my advice instead of judging other people's for their life being worse than yours just change yours exactly i know so what what about relationships are we going to so relationships this is an interesting topic that we're going to discuss um let, let's get, let's give us a bit about background on this one it's a little bit different so have you had a toxic relationship doesn't have to be a partner of course it's just a relationship in your life is there a relationship in your life that is you consider toxic um, right now, negative. N- no, because I got very good at cutting people out to the point where my family have been cut. Wow. Okay. Right. Maybe we shouldn't have talked about this. Wow. Holy crap. We got really no, intense. no, no, no. This is this is. I'm glad actually. You um, got really intense. You suggested relationships because um, I think my relationship or now non-relationship with my family is a prime mm. example of. <laughs> Where you can give yourself permission to let go of people if they are not enriching your life, if they are basically just dragging you down, taking away your energy, Mm. taking away your joy, your flow. Absolutely. Um, You know, just because, and I actually said this in my my groomsman speech when I got married, um, it's the people you choose to have around you. Absolutely. Are the most important. And... 
Yeah, just because you're a blood relative doesn't automatically give you a right to be in someone's life. Yeah, well, I've always appreciated this saying, you know, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. Well, I disagree. I completely disagree. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm, we're in agreement about disagreeing. Wow. Weird. Mm. Yes. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, you can choose your family. Of course you can. Well, you often hear it, though. Like, people say, oh, that we're family because we're that close. We're mm. not related of course mm-hmm. but we are that close um sometimes you get people in your life that you consider uncles or aunties that are not related mm-hmm. um purely because they're that close mm-hmm. and that's just the way things are totally so let's talk a little bit about relationships now i've always been told never be the smartest person in the room mm-hmm. why do you think that is dave well because then what do you have to learn exactly exactly if you think you're the smartest person in the room you're in the wrong room mm-hmm because you're always needing to improve yourself. You need to learn something new. Now, that goes for relationships as well, because you surround yourself with people that either bring you down or put you bring you up. Mm. Too often, we're surrounded by people that bring us down but don't know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a re- recent example, I have a friend, actually, that has, that has a, f- a very close friend that we've all told them this person is an anchor. Mm. But they've been friends so long that... They're so close. You know what I mean? Like they've been friends for like 13 years or something like that. But at that time, the level of friendship that they had was brilliant. It was perfect. You know, they were, they were at the same stage in life. But my friend has... Try, I'm trying my very best not to name names here. <laughs> but, um, my, my friend is, is kind of grown up and ready for the next stage of their life. Mm. And their, their very close friend has stayed the same, if you like. Yeah. So they've not ready to move on, and it's sort of mm. the balance has shifted. Yeah, uh, yeah. and I need uh, that. My friend needs to basically let it go, mm-hmm. so she can move on. Pretty difficult. Mm. It's quite. A t- it's quite a tough thing to explain, really. But um, I think we've all experienced something in in our life where we we've tried to move on, and something's held us back. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not a person, mm. but. They need, yeah, I need to be able to to be strong enough to say it right. That's enough. Mm-hmm. You agree with that? I I do, and and what's kind of coming to mind is that it's often people who surround themselves with problems and drama. Yes, are the ones that drag us down, and I'm sure Correct. anyone listening to this will be able to relate to that. And in coaching. There are a number of different models that we can use to to help people. Um, one that um, is particularly helpful was created by a guy called David Rock called the Five Levels of Focus that I think I may have mentioned previously. I think we mentioned that in our last episode, actually. Yeah, exactly. So um, I took part in an event um, with the wonderful Mindful Talent this week down in Reading. And we did an exercise with the with the group that came along um, called the Five Levels of Focus. And what we simply did was to split everyone up into groups and to set a dilemma within each group. So if someone in the group had an actual genuine dilemma, then they had to tell mm-hmm. their little group about it. And okay. then everyone else basically had to ask questions. Right. Um, but it was interesting because you can ask questions that that feed the drama, that feed the nice. problem, and because when we when we focus on something, that thing mm-hmm. grows. Mm-hmm. 
So if we focus on the problem, on the drama, then that's only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, okay, yeah. Which is why people who are stuck in a drama, it just grows until their focus is shifted. So are you saying that they're blowing things out of proportion? Uh Uh-huh, but that's because what we focus on grows. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. So what we were trying to encourage within the group was to ask questions that, so at the top of the the kind of the funnel of the five levels of focus is, is vision and planning. So if you were to say, ask someone that got them really thinking, um, you know, imagining, mm-hmm. say, as an example, you know, you've got a toxic relationship with somebody yeah um you could ask a question which could be well you know how do you want to feel about that relationship mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I, too often i think that it's people think that it's not their choice mm. um to make these decisions mm-hmm. you know if you're stuck in a relationship that you've been in for i don't know say you've invested five years in it mm-hmm. um regardless of who it is um something goes wrong People people don't understand that there is always an option. Mm-hmm. There's always an option to either walk away or fight it. Mm-hmm. Now, walking away seems pretty harsh, and it seems pretty instant mm. and not reversible. Mm-hmm. But people forget that it's a tool that you can use because if you're if you're finding yourself being brought down by someone else's actions, you can you can pull away from that. Mm. You know, and uh, too often people people think i've invested this amount of time in them i've got to see it through mm-hmm. i don't think that's true at all i think you, you're you're ready to walk away you just are not willing to do so based on someone else's feelings mm-hmm. but if it's dragging you down you should surely yeah well i think it links completely back to how our brain behaves mm-hmm. and the limbic system located at the back of our brain that that's where the the fight and flight mechanism is mm-hmm. um is located love a little biology lesson yes and when we when we feel at risk then um our brain's going to go into fight or flight mode Mm. and it becomes very difficult to to make a change sometimes because of that Mm -hmm. reaction um and and also because the, the nature of our brain wants to keep us safe, it wants to keep us nice and cozy in our comfort zone. Yeah. Um, the perceived risk of ending a toxic relationship can also create too much fear yeah. and then prevent us from taking any action. You, it's interesting. You've touched on something there, actually, um, that that's in the notes that I've got here um, is fear. You know, it's, it's sort of fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. You know, because people do not like change that mm-hmm. we've, we've established anyway, but they don't like being changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they feel they have to create a new environment for themselves with this person potentially not in it, mm-hmm. um, with a relationship that's ended, fear of the unknown. What's going to happen? Am I going to be okay? Mm-hmm. Of course you are. Every, everyone's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there's very little on earth that can not be undone. Mm. Um best example i've got is death is the only thing that can't be undone mm-hmm. uh, everything else you can work away around it it's whether or not you want to 
Mm-hmm. I guess it, it becomes more complicated when, you know, if we're speaking about relationships, like parental relationships. Parental um, relationships is a tough one. You know, when um, you've got kids involved, that becomes, yeah. because then it's not just about you anymore. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Prime example, um, my brother, mm-hmm. actually, um, he had a son and my mother and father split up mm-hmm. almost instantly, actually. It was, it was very, it was a couple of months into the baby's birth. Wow. And then mom and, mom and dad split up. Mm-hmm. It's, they, not being blunt here, but they, they cannot stand each other. Um, and it, it <laughs> I'll do that again, shall I? <laughs> Every time. Don't. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they, they cannot stand each other. And it's harsh to say, but it's somewhat, the, the, the kids sort of getting in the middle of it. Mm. Um, and like they don't understand, you know, and they're just trying to live their life and be happy and whatever else. And to be fair, they're both very good parents. Mm-hmm. There's nothing about them that are bad parents, but the arguments sometimes get in the way. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it doesn't leave the best result for the child. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I think you're right. It's not just about you anymore. But if you have kids, they come first. You know, all that shit that goes alongside the arguments and ending relationships that gets pushed aside at least in the child's eyes they don't know about it or they shouldn't know about it mm. yeah i mean it's, it's hard because kids they're brought into the world they they don't have a choice or any control in that situation so you do have to look out for them you do have to look after them mm-hmm. and try and shield them from any damage yeah um which is as a parent is is your role is to protect them, well, um, yeah, and well, not just protect them, um, you know, really support them in their own their own growth. Whether you're in a relationship that's um, that works or a relationship that fails, um, I think you've still got to try and find a way to make it work when kids are involved because you need to do your best for them. Yeah, it makes you work that little bit harder, doesn't it? Because mm. um, you realize you're not fighting for yourself anymore. You're fighting for yourself and kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, it's it's quite it's quite it's quite an interesting topic actually. Um, relationship. W- one the one thing that we we should look at um, is saving a relationship. Now, it, it's quite a tough thing to talk about, really, because relationships they they do end. Um, I think it's a common fact now that about half of marriages end in divorce. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's. It's. It feels like it's just as common, if not more common. I think it's more common now. Now, I think the reason for it is because the law has made it so easy to get out of marriage. Mm. Uh, whereas, you know, I'm I'm very old school. If I was to marry someone, that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that death to us part shit. Hundred percent agree with that. I think, for me, part of it, a big part of it is perhaps the our parents' generation. They all the vast majority got married in their 20s uh, you know yeah. at an earlier age yeah my mum was 19 <clears throat> yeah exactly so they they had left life experience mm-hmm. they they spent less time kind of cultivating a relationship before they got married yeah. which meant that perhaps the the awareness of whether or not this was going to be a good long term fit wasn't wasn't there until down well, the line that, that's interesting i said because um like i i believe i'm not 100 i'm gonna actually i'm gonna ask mm. um my mom and dad didn't live together until they were married 
Interesting. Now, I think that was pretty common mm. in that era. Yeah, exactly. Um, but they've been together 30-odd years, 35 years or something like that. It's still, mm. still going strong. Mm. Um, and I know, I know a few other people that have that 30-odd like years but didn't live together beforehand. Mm. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but I'm curious as to... Because I don't know enough about it, but I'm, I'm curious as to how it works with arranged marriages. Because oh um, I've got friends that are like Muslim and uh, Indian and things like that, and their mm. parents met on their wedding day. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. <laughs> you know? <laughs> How did that not end in divorce? <laughs> but uh, it's just think about it because nowadays, like, you live with your partner beforehand. Like a lot of people do, they live with mm. a partner. They get to know, can I live with this person? Yeah. Um, and it's often they'll you'll buy a home together first as well. Correct. You know, um, it's, you make these life decisions. Uh, not it's not uncommon to have a baby first as well. Um, you make these massive life decisions before you commit to each other. Well, getting getting married is now seen as more of an event. Um, exactly which is you know fantastic um Mm. but it's not inexpensive no it's it's quite a lot um well i have a friend that um he was telling me about his his wedding it was a couple of years back he's a oh yeah it was it was um pretty reasonable size he said 360 people went to it wow pretty reasonable size he said that's enormous for a a scottish wedding wedding. no it was a what was a muslim wedding all right okay Um, okay for yeah a muslim wedding that's probably cost cost him over forty thousand pounds yeah, doesn't surprise which me. Which is what sixty thousand dollars, maybe. Mm. Which I I think in America is pretty standard. Mm-hmm. I I honestly don't know the going rate for a wedding. Exactly, but that's the thing. Like, would you rather have uh, your own home because that's a deposit for a home? That's that's on yeah. That's, that's or a, a wedding. And that's deposit. that's often the choice that we've got to make now. I think going back to um, when our parents grew up, the mm. the the ratio of um, salary to yeah. house cost was something in the region of, I'm sure I saw the stat a while ago, like one to five or something. I mean, it was, take, yeah. it was, you know, far easier at that point to, yeah. you know, have a single income family mm-hmm. being able to buy a house that they could afford, which was often still a bit of a stretch. Oh, yeah. Whereas these days, you've got to have both, you know, people in the relationship yeah. working, earning a decent amount to yeah. even have a hope in hell of being able to afford a home. Yeah. Um, because now the gap between your own salary and the cost of a home is significantly higher. Yeah, it's it's massive. Um, give you the example. Um, me, and, me and my partner, um, we bought the, bought the house mm. um, back in July at the time. Mm-hmm. And we had both salaries where we were going. But we were approved for a mortgage but we went for a house that was half of that mm. based on the idea that we could afford it with one salary. Yeah. So we don't live in the nicest of houses, but we know the running cost of it is incredibly low. Mm. Just in case. Yeah. Just That's sensible. Case. Well, we, we like to think it was one of the smarter moves we've made. <laughs> <laughs> well, because again, that gives you, that also gives you an opportunity to then pay off the equity. Yeah. Or sorry, increase equity in the property by paying off the debt quicker, mm. which then gives you equity quicker, and then can enable you to jump up the ladder down the line. Well, this is it, and create more capital for yeah. yourselves. Yeah, pretty much. So, so yeah, that was one of the toughest things. But we wouldn't have been able to afford the deposit without both salaries. So yeah, you're right. It's it's tricky. Mm-hmm. 
on on a, a different note, actually, mm. we're going to talk about um, a, something else, um, relationship building wise. Mm. Now, I've seen this far too often is people put on relationship building courses and whatever else and team building courses, which is effectively the same thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about work and um, too often I see people being, they go to work, they do their job, they come home, but they don't build the relationship with the team. Mm. Now, your your job is a prime example of this. Mm-hmm. I think you need to you need to obviously be able to be good with relationships. You need to, I think. Well, let's talk about Sweden. You, you ever been to Sweden? I'd love to. I've heard so many good things yeah. about the place. Wonderful. In any case, they believe that in order to function properly as a as a work team, mm-hmm. they need to be very close. Yeah. You often hear the the expression is just business, not personal. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I I need. To, I think you need to flip that. I think it needs to be personal mm. to be good business. Yeah. I think they use it as a way to try and screw you over without hurting your feelings. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> well, no. I mean, in any team, in any group environment, there needs to be trust. Absolutely. And, and trust is formed over time. Um, but that involves creating and forming, you know, strong relationships. Do you ever have this vibe about a certain person? It doesn't matter who it is, but if you meet a person and you think, I don't trust you, I don't know why. <laughs> I try, I personally, I try and give people the benefit of the doubt mm. until they prove me wrong. Well, yeah, this is the thing. I've got, I've got a lot of respect for everyone until mm. they abuse it. Yeah. But trust, I don't know. I get this th- this little thing in my head saying, "Don't trust them." Well, that's your intuition based on probably past experience, and that's yeah, maybe that's sensible. Um, because for people like that, perhaps they need to work a bit harder to earn your trust. Mm, probably, probably. And so there's look, nothing wrong with that. Well, there's there's I've got five column characteristics mm. um, of what a healthy work relationship would require. Mm. Um, trust being the biggest one trust is number one uh, mutual respect mm-hmm. i don't think i think too often um in in certainly uh, an employee to employer relationship mm. mutual respect does not always go mm-hmm. i think the employee has respect for the employer but not always the other way around no but it's because often business is very black or white and cutthroat particularly in the corporate world yeah it is the corporate world, I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is because they're road, they're ruled by uh, bureaucracy yeah. processes. So, in a in a large organization, they feel like they have to be black and white. They have to adhere to the rules because mm. if they start making exceptions, then that can cause difficulties, particularly from a legislative standpoint. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and the other. The next one here is something you'll you'll appreciate is mindfulness. Mm. It's quite interesting. It says taking responsibility for your words and actions. Yes. Those who are mindful and careful to attend what they say, and don't let their own negative emotions impact the people around them. Totally. Well, mindfulness is about taking control. Ah, love it. Um, yeah, no, it's it's cool. Number four is welcoming diversity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's that's more of a, more of an open concept. Is you open your mind to other things and other people's perspectives, yeah, opinions, absolutely anything really. I mean, you just got to go in with an open mind. Too often you see people. This is how we've always done this. Mm-hmm. You, that is a horrible sentence. Yep. Um, you need to open your mind to new ways of thinking mm-hmm. uh, and new ways of looking at things. And if someone can come into the company or whatever and say, "We should try this." Mm-hmm. 
you've got to be able to, to hear that at least mm-hmm. you know that's what i look, look for in, in a, a position that i would go for you know what would you what would you like out of the rule i'd like my opinions to be heard definitely they don't have to be agreed with mm-hmm. but they need to be heard yeah that's well you want to feel like I mean, everyone wants to feel like they belong in an organization. Yeah. Um, and that certainly involves a feeling like you have an opinion, feeling like you can make a difference. Well, yeah, I think it's feeling feeling like you can be part of it as well is, is quite interesting. Yeah. Um, well, it's that tribe mentality. The, the, yeah, it is. It's, that's all it is, tribe mentality. But I've kept this last one, uh, well, I've kept this for last on purpose um, because it sort of sums up the the biggest factor of what is an effective relationship. Mm. Any idea what it might be? I'm going to let you guess here. Um, You're taking too long. <laughs> I know. I li- I, I mean, I love the word synergy um, mm. because you're you're not a million miles away actually. Because it's it's recognizing the strengths in others and playing to those strengths so that you can elevate each other mm. to achieve greater things. It's more about it's it's more about how we achieve it rather than what it is. It's uh, open communication. Mm. Oh, communication! Absolutely, yeah. communication yeah. is a big fact, and that is in every sense of relationship. Mm. Like whether it's your partner, your siblings, your workmates, your friends, you need to communicate mm-hmm. better. Um, how do we relationships break down because they don't communicate? All relationships probably break down because of poor communication. Yeah, I would. I would say so. Mm. I would say so. Um, there, there was a. It's not so much a question that we have to answer really today. It's more a topic surrounding this. Mm. Now, I, I, it's because I was having this conversation with someone, which is why I recommend this topic. Um, and and they had said about my friend earlier, who's trying to let go of a past relationship so that she can move on and all this kind of stuff. That that's mm. that's all fine. But this this one's a little bit more complex than that. Um, they don't know the reason why the relationship has gone negative now is, is they've been to they've, they've been very close for a number of years maybe five six years i've no idea um and the honestly it's thick as thieves really they will nothing could separate these people but all of a sudden one of them is trying to pull away and she can't figure out why mm. me it comes down to the stage you are in your life I think if you're ready to pull away, you're ready to move on to the next phase, mm. and perhaps this person is not ready to. This, I don't. I don't know. It's a tough one it's, because we we honestly we spoke about it for about an hour and a half, and I'm still as clueless as I was when I sat down. Okay. Uh, on what is what's caused it or what to do about it, I think it's probably just let it go. Mm. You know, it's we're we're very good at trying to hold on to things that are no longer there mm-hmm. um, but how how do you how do you tell someone maybe it's time just to to move on and for someone to let that go well often people just cannot be told um, mm, that's true uh, for me I think uh, an approach that may be more helpful would be to to really ask questions of the individual to raise an awareness in themselves about you know what's what's really going on you know i think it's about closure yeah i mean what you know asking you know, ask questions about how they would perhaps feel if that relationship wasn't there anymore mm-hmm. what's you know um what have they what have they done to perhaps question the other person yeah. well, not question you know what i mean 
you know, talk to them? Have they communicated with this other person to to tell them how they're feeling, to 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 tell this other person what they're noticing, to maybe ask them then questions mm-hmm. around how that other person is feeling? Yeah. It's it's interesting actually because I've been re- I've been listening to a new book. Mm. Um, I think you recommended it to me actually a long time ago, but I've just recently got around to it. Okay. Um, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that book just blew my mind. Yeah. Like, it was incredible. I think that's the first thing I'm gonna have to write down. Okay. In terms of a link, um, yeah. because it's a good one. I love it. I'm on the last chapter actually. I've been listening to it for like a day. Mm. I'm on the last chapter already. Um, really, really really effective book but he was saying um is it mark manson that's right yeah um he said something interesting that that, that basically motivated me now i don't know why it motivated me because i don't have to do this like there's nothing in my life that i need to do this right now mm. but he basically said too often people are scared of hurting other people's feelings so they just politely carry on with like i'm paraphrasing here but um instead of instead of just carrying on and being nice mm tell the truth and upset someone mm-hmm. it's short-term bad but long-term good if you if you're completely honest with this person you'll un- they'll understand your point of view they mm-hmm. might not like it at the time but it, w- it was pretty cool actually now i thought to myself who would i do that with but it, it got to the point where i'm trying to work this out in my mind because i wanted to go try it mm. but i would just be being mean <laughs> 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 do you know what i mean i'd just be nasty um because i don't actually have an objection right now <laughs> so i'm gonna have to wait <laughs> hold your tongue yeah i'm gonna have to wait to find one and then trigger it and go yeah actually here we go let's let's do it now yeah there's a book called radical candor that i haven't Mm. read yet i've I've heard i've listened to a little bit of it and that really talks to that yeah i guess it's a philosophy of just really properly transparent and open communication Mm -hmm. um because through that transparency you will then serve or best serve your relationships yeah radical candor is it's a brilliant book by the way i'm mm. definitely recommended so i'll put a link into that but it's it's basically being completely honest mm-hmm. without being negative yeah and that is a very thin line to walk mm-hmm. but brilliant book mm-hmm. highly recommend it uh, we are coming up for about half an hour here um, and like we say, Dave, we we always want to say half an hour to 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Uh, I think we've done all right so far. Uh, we've not really gone past that in the past few episodes, have we? No, but we've, we've gone into a groove. We're we've gone into a groove. I like it. Mm-hmm. So here's some tips on how to build good relationships, mm. work relationships, partner relationships, friends, whatever. Um, you need to develop your people skills. What do you mm-hmm. think of that one? That's That only works in certain aspects i believe well i would say it's develop your communication skills i think it all comes back to communicate and, and that and that involves in a large part learning how to be a good listener oh this is getting deep yeah we like this well, it does because of course it does. you know the we've probably all heard you've got you know two eyes two ears one mouth for a reason mm-hmm. um but yeah, but being present for somebody shows them that you actually care and that's going to build trust um, and ultimately serve that relationship over the long term. Absolutely. You know, actually genuinely caring about somebody else and showing them empathy and not just um, letting your agenda come to the surface and be all about you and your agenda. Mm. 
that that's the thing I said because I practiced radical candor with a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I got it wrong. I've got to admit, I did get it a bit wrong, but I, I just, I don't know, I was maybe tired or something, I have no idea. But mm-hmm. they were going on and on about something that was important to them. Um, and how do how do you tell someone that you just don't care? You know, but you've got to say it in a way <laughs> <laughs> that you think, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm just not that interested in what, what you're talking about. But that's really hurtful <laughs> because it's very passionate. They're very passionate about it. Well, you could simply say that. Look, I appreciate that you, you're obviously well into this and, you know, and I respect you, but... Uh, this is just isn't a subject that I'm really that interested in. Yeah. And basically, when I said, I just don't care, they went, oh, <laughs> all right. Uh, I, I could see it in their voice, like see it in their face and I hear it in their voice. They just went, fuck. <laughs> all right, fine, I'll go and fucking annoy someone else with it. But, well. <laughs> <laughs> but we've got some, some, more, some more pieces of advice. Um, I, I, relationships, regardless of who it's with or what type of relationship, you need to identify what it needs. Mm-hmm. Basically, what it is, identify your relationship needs and then schedule time to build it, mm-hmm. which is two and one in the same, really. Um, so let's let's take, for example, a partner. You need to spend time together. Mm. Otherwise, it doesn't work, does it? Mm-hmm. Now, I've got friends that are currently in a long-term, a long-distance relationship. That's that's a tough thing to, to be in. Um, mm. Never never had to do. Uh, that's, that's not true. Temporarily, I guess, but I knew they were coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, they've been long-distance for... This time it's going to be three months, but they've done it for eight months prior to this because um, he's from America and she's from here. Tough one. Tough one because you need to spend time together. You need to schedule time. Well, not schedule as such, but you need to be able to, you, to you work on it. You can schedule it. I suppose you can schedule you can, time. You can make time. I actually spoke you to, time for it. to a, a prospective client about this yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. We came upon quite a, a deep insight that he just hadn't wasn't making time for himself but that was um that meant that he wasn't able to process mm. um some a, a lack of confidence actually yeah. in himself and actually recognize it so we always spoken about calendar blocking before doing it for yourself mm. for your relationships why not you know yeah, why not? make time for yourself first make time for your relationships first and then everything else can fall into the rest of the time that you've got because we have enough time. Mm-hmm. We do. We just don't prioritize it. Exactly. Shout out to the prioritization episode mm-hmm. that we did. Prioritizing? Yep. Yeah. So scheduling time to build your relationships is a good idea in mm-hmm. theory. Mm-hmm. In th- in, like, I put it in theory because it's not always possible to schedule the time that's needed. But... If you, it depends on, I guess, how you frame time. Because if you say looked at a week mm-hmm. and said, right, we, you look at your week and say, right, well, what times am I going to be free or are we going to be available? And realistically, of those times, what are the times that we are, we have the highest likelihood of being able to commit to? I like it. Because then you're more likely to follow through with it. Hmm. But if you say chose a time that, you know, the likelihood of something happening to then make you have to choose whether or not you do that thing you intend to do with your Mm -hmm. partner or for yourself, you then sacrifice that time. That's true. 
One thing that I I've noticed, um, especially myself actually, is relationships tend to break down. This is my fault more than anything. Is I I get quite bored if things aren't moving forward. Mm. No, I, I can't be the only one, of course, but I've noticed it in myself in the last few years. If things aren't moving forward and they're sitting stagnant, I will inevitably walk away from it mm. because I just I can't sit still. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving forward is great, but it's more I don't know. Like, let's let's go and do something. You know, we need to go and do something in the relationship. We need we need to go and have a drink or we can go play mini golf or bowling or something like that. And that's just for partner relationships, of course, but friends as well. Like, let's go and do something. Mm-hmm. You know? Um we can't just schedule to if you schedule the time, what are you gonna do with the time? Because you can yeah, you can be together, but you can just as well be together and be on your phone the entire time. <laughs> totally. Exactly. You're right. It's it isn't, it isn't it? exactly it isn't just about creating the time. It mm. is setting an intention about what you want to do with yeah. that time. Um and that could be anything. But ultimately hope well, hopefully it's gonna serve a purpose. Yeah. And give you make you feel how you want give you a kind of state of being that you that you want to achieve um that's really what you should be striving for by creating that time it's true um and that's even just time for yourself you well, know, this is it, yeah. how is it how do you want to feel what do you want to be happening what do you Absolutely. want to create and then once you've kind of got an awareness of that then it's well okay right well when am i going to create the time to do that mm-hmm. Yes, it's interesting. I think I've I've taken some notes as well and whilst we were speaking, but um there's a couple of extra episodes that I think we could talk about here mm. um that we'll come on to in the next few weeks, but uh it's been pretty interesting actually. We're running out of time. Um there's a lot more that we can go into here, but I I don't think we have the expertise or anything to actually do it we should maybe get a guest on and talk about things like that um, <laughs> relationship experts mm. but it's, i don't know it's just fun to talk about i guess mm-hmm. um so dave you got a piece of advice for peeps the peeps listening um yeah i would say try and avoid giving advice and telling people what to do um <laughs> like us <laughs> yeah well when you when you give advice you are if you looked at yourself and questioned yourself and mm-hmm. asked yourself, okay, well, whose agenda am I serving here by telling this person what to do or giving this advice? Yep. Instead, if you perhaps asked questions that maybe led to the other person or party thinking differently, surely that's going to serve them better than you serving your agenda by telling them, oh, I think you should do mm-hmm. this. That might work. That might work. Interesting. I'm going to write that down for you. Mm. Uh, very cool. I'm going. I'm going to go with. Um, you need to analyze your relationships, because odds are there's a relationship in your life somewhere mm-hmm. that is impacting you negatively, mm-hmm. and if you can find it, let it go. Mm. Which is interesting. Another topic that we're going to talk about is uh, letting go. Yeah. So, uh, are we no, going I mean, to bring Elsa into that one? Probably. Yeah, why not? She'd be a good laugh, wouldn't she? <laughs> Hold her ice hands or whatever. Let it go, let it go. I'm actually going to keep that in. That was yes. pretty distant. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, an- analyze relationships. Mm-hmm. Well, this, I mean, one good piece of advice is that's linked to what you've just said mm-hmm. is um, audit your relationships. and That's the same thing. Exactly, but... <laughs> To the point where 
Um, if you have relationships that are not serving you and are dragging you down, then consider what you want out of those relationships. Do you want to keep those relationships or not? Um, I mean, there's certainly a school of thought that, um, what is it, the five people that are closest to you will have the greatest impact on you. So if you surround yourself with five people who are going to elevate you, Mm. then you're going to have a more fulfilled and rich life. But also... Um, look at how you can pay it forward and are mm-hmm. are there people that you can surround yourself with that you can bring along that journey with you wow it's a nice place to end mm-hmm. it's a nice place to end guys thank you so much for listening if you've got any thoughts on the relationships episode or indeed actually any other episodes email us at helloimprovementproject.co.uk we'd love to hear your thoughts we, go, we get quite a few actually and I really enjoy reading them uh, so when we do a little segment at some point, mm. um, giving other people's thoughts because it's very insightful. Yeah. Uh, but relationships is an interesting topic for us, uh, as are all the topics we choose. In fact, uh, but we'd love to hear your thoughts. And um, please let us know. Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram as well. Uh, and I think that's pretty much wraps up this episode for us, Dave. Awesome. Do you want to do your little sign off just for a giggle? See ya. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much for listening, guys. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye.